I guess welcome back, everybody. Uh, this will be our first episode of the Chase and Cody's podcast for 2023. We'll just touch on how our season's gone, starting in, we started in Michigan last fall to Kansas and then here in North Carolina. Uh, we'll just kind of give you guys an update of where we are, how we kind of stand in the kennel, our dogs, highlight a couple of things that we've got already planning for, for next fall. As our season is winding down, we've got about, about two weeks left of the season. We'll give you guys a little rundown of what's going on and progress this season and what we found our quail numbers to be here in North Carolina and uh, kind of go from there. Um, start about the year, kind of what your thoughts were with Michigan and, and how that trip went. Yeah, I think I think overall Michigan was, was a good experience. We had a bunch of young dogs on the trip. We had a couple client dogs. So to be able to get them on woodcock and grouse, uh, I think it was good for them. I think we did have a few bumped birds. That's going to happen with the young dogs. I think overall Michigan was just a learning experience for us. Yeah, so we we went to Michigan uh, the second week of October, back Mm -hmm. to a similar area that we had went went to in, I guess, 2020 would have been the year that we went up there. Um, So it was a a good trip. Um, We took eight dogs with us. Um, Mm -hmm. That's right. Took eight dogs with us. We had... Two client dogs, uh, a young dog, Rip, who we've tra- helped train, and then we had a, a little bit older dog, uh, well, she's three, I think, maybe four, um, a little bit older dog that we had helped train as well. Both of them, it was kind of their first trip to the north, well, definitely Rip's first trip to the north and Rudy's first trip to the north. Rip got his first wild bird contacts up there. I remember watching him point his first woodcock. Uh, it, was a, it was a cool experience. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, during that trip, some very poor shooting. Um then uh, with Rudy, uh, I think she did really well um, up there. Um, she probably, of all the dogs that we took up there, she probably handed, handled uh, grouse better than any dog mm-hmm. that I can think of on that trip. I mean, she pointed. I know I watched her one day. We kind of got separated, and we had her on the ground, and I watched I, I was the only person that was really with her, and she, would, she pointed and tracked a, a pair of grouse for probably 50 yards um, before she got them pointed and they flushed where I just I just couldn't get a shot. But um, she did really well up there. Um, all of our dogs on the trip had contacts, so that's the main goal when you go on a trip like that. You know, we were only there from, what, we hunted Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Hunted four days up there. Um, and in those four days... You have to give me the exact numbers. My math might be a little off of what I had recorded, but uh, we made 55 birds in those days, 30, 33, 34 woodcock, and 21, 22 grouse. And those are just birds that we'd, we'd seen and the dogs had some type of contact with, whether it was a, a wild flush, whether it was a young dog bumping a bird. But either way, it was a uh, it was a great great trip for the dogs we harvested a few birds here and there it's more about getting dogs on wild birds in a place that they had never been before it was tough in michigan because of all the leaves and the uh the cover um that and had a warm and dry to that point when 2020 when we went we went a week earlier than that and uh I, i don't remember it being that thick at all i mean it was it was brutally thick, not cold. And then the week after we left, of course, it snowed and was cold and was probably a lot easier hunting. But yeah, it was a it was a fun trip. Um, I think overall, all the dogs did pretty well. Probably the only thing I would have changed about the trip would have been maybe a little bit more prepared on our end with uh, like scouting. 
electronically and things like that. But we did start using the, uh, the Scout and Hunt app. A huge help. Our good buddy Steve was with us. Three Z's GSPs, um, and he had he only had one dog Echo with him, and she she did really well. She pointed a ton of woodcocks. It was a fun trip. Uh, first time going somewhere with Steve, other than hunting here in North Carolina. Definitely somewhere I would go back to. Hopefully in the next yeah, year. Yeah, and or we two. picked up Pete too. Can't forget that uh, you had to take your trip up there to uh, Wisconsin and and uh, pick up Pete across the UP up to the. Uh, kind of upper north eastern side i guess of wisconsin to meet uh katie from alder fort english setters um to pick up pete he is a english setter he was born in i want to say july born somewhere in july picked him up he is out of casita um, who's produced a bunch of great wild bird dogs and has done pretty well in the trial world herself when she's been run um and then we also uh his sire would be uh, Woodville's Yukon Cornelius, which is, if you know, the, the all-age world. That is a, um, probably the top English setter in the country uh, when it comes to that field trial game. Uh, he'll be running in the national championship this week coming up, so we'll be rooting for him. Um, he's one of only, I think there's two set <coughs> two setters in the field this year. That'll be uh, He's going to be our, our first dabble in the field trial world, probably run shooting dog competitions. Um, probably not all age, but we'll see uh, kind of how that goes. Um, once he gets a little bit older, he's, he's six months-ish now, a little over six months. Um, he's a big dog, black and white setter. I've started handling him off a horseback. Um, he's done really well with that, so he's starting to starting to get a little bit of legs underneath him and uh he, he definitely ranges a lot more than any other dog i've ever seen at six months old uh, you know turned him loose the other day and he was four or five hundred yards from us and, and out in front and did really well we had him on the ground for probably about 30 minutes with another one of the guy i'm working with calvin his dogs it's fun to watch a, a little puppy get his get legs underneath him and do something like that and he started to do we've started a little bit of bird work with him um not going to really push that too much. Uh, let him see some birds here and there. Put a, put a quail out for him the other day, and he, he ran over and pointed it real quick. And then, you know, Hop says puppies do. Went in and tried to jump on top of it, but uh, it was funny. He's at least starting to – you can see all the all the light bulbs are starting to go off for him and I look forward to continuing his uh, progression forward with that. Other big thing, I think, with Michigan, Ash had that – grouse point and, and contact right in front of you and you were able to shoot that grouse over yeah, her that was definitely a, a a memorable moment i mean really it's, it seems like everywhere up there at least on this trip all the grouse contacts came right off of roads or like trails or some sort of walking path so we we had made that giant loop around that area and started heading back to the truck. And for whatever reason, I just put Ash right there on the edge of the road. All I could see was she jumped over this log that was laid down and just slammed on point. And the second she did, I know she didn't bump the bird. I bumped the bird, but she locked up. All I heard was those feathers taking flight. I did end up shooting that bird, and I don't really know how I shot it because I seen it for about half a second, but ended up shooting that bird for her. Echo actually ended up with the retrieve, so we searched and searched and searched, but uh, and then Echo had had come over and she actually found it. So that was definitely a good moment for Ash to have that contact. 
I think she had found a few woodcock before then, but I think that grouse really, really flipped a switch for her. And same with uh, Onyx. When we went to that gym site, when you were um, going to pick up Pete, the three of us went up to that gym site, and same kind of deal. He found a found a grouse in that little island of uh, Aspen, and I think that kind of flipped a switch for him too, but probably in the wrong direction because then he just started running pretty much through everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it happens with those, those dogs. I mean, the oldest dog we've got is Teddy. He's four. He, on that trip, I did take him with me when I went to Wisconsin to pick up Pete. And uh, we, uh, I hunted him for a couple hours on the way back just because it was a, it was about a 20, almost a 20 hour day for me on the road because of driving up through the UP into Wisconsin, turning around and coming back uh, with Pete. So it was, it was a long day and I figured I'd take a, a couple hours and, and hunt with Teddy um, there. And he, he did really well. He pointed a, a pair or a grouse. He pointed and tracked it and pointed and tracked it. And then I made the rookie mistake. He, he pointed uh, kind of in this pot, um, excuse me, in this little island of conifers and, and spruce trees. And uh, when he pointed it, instead of me kind of walking around the edges of it, I decided to walk right into the middle of it and the bird flushed on the other side. And I never got a shot, so that was on me. But uh, he handled that bird as good as I've ever seen him handle a grouse. And, you know, he's handled woodcock and quail and stuff. But that was it was cool to see him handle that new species like that. Um, I think with him, he really started to show this year his his companion, like a companion gun dog. Um, He's been, he's got the on and off switch in the house. And, I mean, I think he handled all of his birds really well that he found um, while hunting this year. Of, of my dogs, at least, him and Ann were, would be right there for 1A and 1B as far as pointing, especially when it came to quail this year. Uh, it seemed like every time we found quail in Kansas or, or even here, that it seems like a lot of those, those, one of those two dogs is on the ground uh, and pointing that cover your birds or single. Or, but yeah, so that was kind of Michigan. Um, we got out of there. We were supposed to hunt Thursday and Friday as well. But looking at the weather, we decided to kind of come back a little earlier. It was supposed to start snowing and raining for the next three to four days, and we just didn't want to want to get involved in that. Uh, as we're from the south, and we freak out when we see a little snow. Uh, we're not like the the, the Michiganders up there. Uh, but overall, I think it was a really fun trip. It was the first trip with our trailer. Our dog trailer, our dog trailer performed fantastically. I think it did a great job keeping the dog safe, but it also kept them warm at night. Uh, that trailer is fantastic as far as insulated. We left here it was 60s, probably 50s, 60s. Uh, the first morning that we woke up there, Saturday morning, it was like 22 degrees. A little bit of a shock to the system, um, but. You know, we had the had the doors in the trailer, and you open that trailer, and I mean, it was just, it was probably 45, 50 degrees inside that trailer, which was awesome, knowing that we didn't have to worry about that. On another note, one morning we woke up in Kansas, the first morning, I think it was 10 degrees or something, with the uh, a wind chill around 5 or 8, and again, same thing, that trailer, trailer performed fantastically, um, so got nothing but good things to say about that from Solid Point Trailers out in Oklahoma. Good investment and something we definitely needed with the dogs that we have. Switch gears. Um, we came back here, did a little training, did a little hunt testing before we went back out to Kansas the first part of December. I don't think you – did you quail hunt any before we went to Kansas? I don't think you did, did you? I didn't. The, the first uh, first covey I seen was out in Kansas. 
I hunted one time uh, with a gentleman that won our uh, hunt giveaway with cable gangs. Um, but yeah, we hunt, I hunted one time with him, and that was the only time I hunted uh, quail before we went to Kansas because our season doesn't come in until the Saturday before Thanksgiving, um, and we were leaving the following Saturday or ten days from then. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. that was a that was a good good day. Um, that was probably one of the cooler days I've had. And in the first walk, pointed like five or six times, a covey of quail got up and uh, kind of shocked or me and uh, the gentleman I was with. Uh, I got shot a couple times. No, no birds were harmed. Um, first time he had ever seen a, uh, a wild covey rise while hunting. He is a UKC official, so he's, he's seen some birds, you know, riding in field trials and just riding and reporting for the UKC stuff, but never seen one while hunting. So we went and she, we chased a couple singles. Um, I think we shot seven times that morning and, and didn't kill anything. But she uh, <laughs> stood broke uh, and everything. I mean, it was, a, it was a good first walk here in North Carolina. And really, I say that that spot was one of our better spots this year. But I would say also that spot, we knew it was so good because of the work that we put in earlier in the summer. Me and you, when we got the chance, we didn't get to do it a whole lot. Five or six times, we went down to one of the areas that we like to hunt and just Covey County, you know. It seems kind of at a waste of time i guess because i mean it's uh you got to be there before daylight and you got to sit there and it lasts for 30 minutes maybe an hour and then it's over with um, so you know it's an hour drive for 30 minutes to an hour and then turn around and come back because you can't because when we were doing it you couldn't run dogs anyway um, not that we would really would have wanted to because at that point it was 95 degrees outside but um, i think that was a big thing for us and uh, i think that's something we got to do more of this year coming into or i guess coming into next year it's something that we got to continue to do it's pretty much every one of those spots that we covey counted at and we listened and found or heard birds we went back in the season and, and found birds there that's just one thing i feel like a lot of people probably won't do it's 100 degrees you're not going to run your dog and basically you're just hoping that the birds will be there in two months um, but like i said every time we did it we uh we found birds so that was cool yeah, I think that shows the uh, the importance of the preparation point before the hunt. Just to have an idea. They might not be in the exact same spots, but just to have an idea of where those birds are. It helps out in the long run, even kind of pushing into later season. If you know that birds are whistling in one area back in the spring, you can always say, well, hey, we haven't checked this area. What's in it? So I think the covey count aspect is... It's probably one of the most important things to do, not only for the hunting, but also for just the conservation side of it. If you stop hearing birds and you know that birds are there before, well, you've got an issue on your hands. I think it's 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 one of those things. I think more people need to start doing it. I think it would be important to, you know, start that covey counting um, as early as you can and, and monitor it. So maybe that's something we can do this year is go, you know, at least once a week or, or twice a month or something like that and and, and really start dialing down where those birds are and how many we have. Yeah, uh, something we haven't really talked about, but something that um, I've been thinking about a little bit here and there is uh, what I'd like to do is, you know, start, start at the end of the March, start in April, and uh, maybe we, we can talk to the wildlife people here in North Carolina and become quail cooperators. I don't know if they still do that. I know they used to have a program for that where, where they would kind of go out and have people that would go around and, and do these cubby counts and then record all these numbers and that way they can kind of get a, an idea of how the quail population is so that's something that i want to look into for us as we go into 
the spring and, and you know, do it for the spring. And then as we get to, you know, August, once we let these birds have their hatch and hopefully we have good weather, we've had pretty good winter, uh, hadn't been cold at all. So um, hopefully a lot of these birds are, are doing good health wise and will continue to, to lay a hatch. That's good because uh, from, from 2021 into 2022, I think that uh, our quail numbers, at least the areas that we hunt, were on the rise. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've done some burning. They've done some habitat work here and there. But uh, we'll talk about Kansas a little bit. Um, Kansas, we left, went out uh, first Saturday in December. I don't know what the date was, but first Saturday in December, um, went out there. First day, we kind of just rode around, did a little scouting, just seeing what we could see. We'll let some dogs stretch their legs, not really hunting. Hunted Sunday. Don't think we moved any birds on Sunday. Mm-mm. No, the first uh, first birds we moved were that Monday. Yeah, and then we hunted about all day Monday before we really moved anything. And that was that was a covey that, uh, that Teddy found, which was probably, of my uh, memories of the season, that was probably the coolest one that I uh, I remember. Um, you know, we, we made a walk, we'd walked all day, probably the second time we had dropped Teddy, we were just kind of getting close, I guess you would say, to that golden hour in the afternoon. We hunted this whole area, no contacts. We're walking back down the edge of this little road to the truck, there's a little plum thicket, and Teddy goes in there, goes on point. As we get up closer to him, uh, the birds, we get a covey of quail flush, probably, I don't know, there was over 20 birds in the covey. And then as, uh, as I had expended all but one of my shells and you had shot one of the quail, I think me and you and maybe I think Taylor had shot, uh, into the covey as well. Um, but you were the only one that hit anything out of the covey for quail. And as we were standing there, kind of not really believing that in shock. Uh, yeah. Not really be- believing that we had missed that golden opportunity. Cause I mean, those birds held good. Teddy did great. Birds were right in front of us, everything. A freaking rooster pops up out of the middle from the exact same spot where this covey of quail was. And uh, it's kind of like he was in slow motion. It was one of the coolest things I, I could still see coming out of them plum thickets and coming straight across the top of my head where I, uh, unfortunately, all I had was a 28-gauge number sevens, and uh, which I did shoot him and hit him, and then it just we just never could find him um, that day. Um, we did find him a couple of days later, found his, uh, looked like a coyote or something and got a hold of him. And, uh, we did try to look for him for another hour or so, um, did get the tail feathers and stuff, but that was one of the coolest things, uh, to see that covey quail come up and then all of a sudden a big old rooster just come up cackling. Yeah, that was, that was definitely one of my coolest experiences and how Teddy handled it. He t- handled that really good. They, uh, and then I guess the next day. Uh, Jason and his father came in, uh, one of our clients and good buddies. Um, he came in from North Carolina and his dad came in from New York. I think that's where, where his dad's from. Yeah, I think New York. But yeah, he came in and, uh, we had, obviously we had, we had seven dogs with us in Mich- or in Kansas. Um, same, our same six. And then, uh. We left Rudy with her owner because he uh, he had went to Nebraska the week before. But Rip was still with us, who's Jason's dog. He got his first quail contacts out there. All the dogs in the trailer had quail contacts out there. And really, after after that first probably day or day and a half, we started to 
figure it out a little bit. Um, the area that we went, we probably would have gone a little farther west. I think you would agree. You know, it was extremely dry out there this year, and uh, the cover wasn't great. All the crop fields were gone. Different type of quail hunting. It was a fun experience. Uh, hopefully, we'll be going back in the fall. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Um, we had a couple of really memorable walks. That one with Teddy, and then the uh, it would have been the next afternoon with Ash and Ann, really on the same piece of property, just a little bit different area. I think Ann and Ash combined pointed like four coveys in about 30 minutes. And, I mean, it was kind of insane i know that the first covey ann and ash kind of had a split find uh, where me and you were kind of in that ditch row birds got up and it looks like i had i remember when the covey rose i shot and i knew that you were right close to me but i didn't know exactly where you were um i shot and it looked like two birds fell out like it looked like i had killed two right off the bat i was like let's like, kill a double in the mind for one shot and uh I was like, no way. And then you were like, no, I think I shot one of those. I was like, all right, well, that makes a little bit more sense. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they, you know, we hammered that. We got those two birds. Um, then Ann ran down, got out in front a little bit farther, slammed on point again. Um, birds got up, flew over the road over top. I was able to hit one, and that was probably one of the coolest retrieves I've seen. Um, out of any of our dogs so far, Ash, I don't even know where she was when I shot this bird. And um, when she she just went over in this little plum thicket and ran right to that bird and picked it up and retrieved it right in hand, and I was just like, okay, I guess you knew what you were doing there because I didn't even – I mean, I saw the bird go down. I had a, a good general idea where that bird went, but uh, it was just one of those things. Like, I, I didn't even know she was in the ballpark, and uh, she did great. And then walked a little bit farther and and slammed on point again. And that time I did. I was the only one over there in that little area. And uh, she went on point. And uh, it was probably the biggest cover that we've seen while we were out there. There was probably 30 birds in it. And when she went on point that time, she still broke through the, through the shot. And that time I did. I shot one time into that cover and killed two birds out of it uh, on the rise, which was pretty cool to do. Basically, I killed a limit of quail there in about twenty minutes, and it was, but it was, it was a really cool experience that day. Yeah, that'll that'll be one of the days that go down as one of our best days, I think. But once we shot into that first covey with Ash, that was kind of like a. I really think it was a light switch for her because that was one of the biggest coveys that she had seen at that point, and probably one of the first actual wild coveys of birds she found. So I think that really. They really done it for her and her her searching ability because it was funny when we shot into that first covey, those birds just, you know, they just dug underneath that grass. They were trying to hide to watch her be able to work that area and really start searching for those dead birds. That was cool to see on, on her part. So she's already got a natural retrieve, but to see her want to find it and bring it to you, that was a that was a good moment. Yeah, it would have been her first uh, first covey find. I mean, obviously she had seen seen a couple of pen raised birds and pigeons and things like that and seen woodcock and grouse in Michigan. But, uh, that would have been her first covey experience. And I mean, I think she handled it really well. She's been a great little dog. I think for us, she's handled, seems like every situation we put her in, she's handled it really well. Um, yeah, she may have bumped a bird or two here and there. Um, but for the most part, once she kind of pointed that first covey, it's been, it's been game on and, uh, it's been fun to watch her. She's a little, 
she is a little fireball in a, in a small package. The next day was a, was a good example. Um, you know, she got, uh, we had Teddy and her on the ground. Teddy got out in front. We were walking through and, you know, Teddy kind of goes on point and Ash kind of mm-hmm. finally gets around the wind. And once she got the wind, she didn't really understand, you know, at that point, the backing didn't really take over. But she once she got the scent and, I mean, she just hammered hammered it right there with Teddy. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and she's only, she was, what, just over a year old? She turned a year old the week after, December 12th. But, I mean, she, she handled it good. Um, that was a cool experience, too, because... Two, you know, your girlfriend Anna killed her first bird out of it, out of that covey, mm-hmm. and then uh, our good buddy Taylor, he he ended up getting his first wild quail out of that same covey as well. That was a that was a fun trip. I mean, everybody got shooting opportunities. Jason and his dad had shooting opportunities. They also learned that you know you can shoot all the clays you want to, but when it comes to shooting wild <laughs> birds, it's a it's a whole different ball game. Um, but it was a it was a really fun trip. Um, we ended up cutting that one about a day short too, just because of weather again. But I think it's definitely a spot we'll go back to. We'll just go a little farther mm-hmm. west and uh, see what else we can learn there. Definitely, if you guys are going to any sort of western state like that, take a med kit. Uh, I cannot recommend a med kit enough. Uh, the very first day uh, that we were really hunting, Onyx had kind of got out a little ways. It was this tiny little section of barbed wire fence that was sticking back out towards the the field we were walking. And for whatever reason, he walked up to it and stopped, which I thought was good. You know, he's just going to stop and he's not going to really do anything. Well, he looked at me and then looked at the fence and literally jumped pretty much on the fence and ended up slicing his chest open. So we had to had to go back and super glue him up make sure he was taken care of so he was out the entire week so he onyx did not get a hunt really any in kansas which was kind of a kind of a bummer but things happen you have to take care of your dog so wrapped him up got him taken care of and just left him in the kennel so definitely if you guys are going out there watch the barbed wire fence there's a bunch of um at least in the area we were in like little piles of it that were just kind of like randomly placed in fields so just just take a med kit make sure you know how to use the stuff in the med kit and then don't forget to replenish it whenever you do use it so i i I couldn't recommend that enough for you guys if you were going out west yeah i i had forgotten about that um i didn't even i was like i think i've hunted one time with onyx the entire year really um maybe twice because of him getting hurt and then with our schedules kind of switching um or we don't work together anymore so it's a little harder you're off on weekends i'm not i forgot about that that was uh luckily it wasn't it wasn't like bad to where we had to you know take him to the vet or we had to you know cancel the hunt for the rest of the trip but i mean obviously we did have to take precaution and, and cancel his hunting for the rest of the trip but he's doing good now so that's good um then it took him about two weeks to get over it probably yeah, um, I think the vetricin that we use is one of the best things for for helping heal cuts or scrapes or anything like that. But even with his, you know, where where it was, it was probably two inches long, right there on the front of his chest. And I would just spray it out when we got back. Anyway, I'd spray it out daily. Then five days, six days of getting back, it was at least closed up, so I didn't really have to worry about it anymore after that. But I would say two to two and a half weeks, he he was back to back to normal running around and yeah it was a good experience because it was really knock on wood it was our first kind of 
issue with dogs um, out in the field. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, I mean, it's going to happen again at some point. Um, but hopefully, you know, you'd be prepared. Um, you know, I always carry um, some like bolt cutters for traps, a first aid kit on me, um, in my vest. So yeah, it's definitely something you need to be prepared for. Um, Because, I mean, really, there were barbed wire fences everywhere out there. But here, I mean, you could get in a trap. Anything can happen. You know, your dog can jump on a stick the wrong way and go through its foot and go through its leg. I mean, whatever. Um, Just got to be prepared for the unexpected and then kind of be able to react as quickly and calmly as you can. But, um, yeah, then we came back here to North North Carolina um, and got into our quail season. Um, We had a... You know, as we've touched on a little bit, we've had a really good year here in North Carolina. I feel like um, you know, our numbers have steadily gone up from, you know, back in 2020 when f- was the first year that we we did this. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a, I'm I remember seeing two cubbies that year. Last year, I think we had seen I think I'd seen 16, 16. total. Um, but that was counting a couple in Georgia that I had been on a hunt with Darrell with in North Carolina. So far this year, we're at 16, 17. I, I would have to look at my counter, but I know we're, I think we're 24 overall, including Kansas. Might be 18 here. Uh, we had found six cubbies there in Kansas, so that put us at 18 here, which is really good. Um, you know, I will, my goal was kind of to get to that 20 to 25 cubby range, um, which is still doable. Um, I'll probably hunt another day or two uh, in the closing weeks. Um, I'm not going to hunt a whole lot. Our dogs have been hunted a good amount. I'm going to now kind of shift my focus over to training and, and getting everybody right for the upcoming season and, and what I want to do with, with all the dogs. Um, Woodcock, we did okay here in North Carolina. Um, we've probably moved more birds in those four days in Michigan than we did here in North Carolina. But I will say it's something that we don't focus on a whole lot. There's a couple of places that we hit here and there that are close to the house that they might hold two or three birds on a given day. Um, Mm -hmm. I really can't say that there was a day that I went hunting and I was like, all right, today is I'm going to hunt woodcock. It was more of, you know, if we find one while we're quail hunting, then we find one. If we don't, then if we got time, we'll hit this little area and see if we can find one here and there. Um, but we, I would say we just haven't done our homework on Woodcock. We haven't scouted enough to to know. Um, I think that's something here in the next, since our season's out, here in the next month and a half, if we really want to make Woodcock a focus, then now would be the time to do it. That way you can see where birds are, hopefully where they would be next season. And it'd be a great training opportunity to keep the dogs on, on these wild birds. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't mind focusing on Woodcock. We've kind of built our thing on quail, and I love chasing quail. Um, it's it's fun to do it every once in a while, but the areas that we hunt, it kind of beats the dogs up. I mean, I remember there's been days where I've spent an hour pulling briars out of both of my dogs. And it could just be we're, we're not looking in the right spots, or I think it would be good to start focusing on it. Um, I know this year, I kind of got lucky with Onyx and Ash, actually. Um, kind of getting a miniature North Carolina slam with a quail and a woodcock in the same day. So that was a fun experience to be able to, you know, watch the dogs pretty much immediately swap from quail cover to, to woodcock cover and handle both of them just fine. Um, so that was cool to see. But I would like to start focusing a little bit more on woodcock just to be able to diversify the dogs a little bit. Yeah, I mean, they're a good bird. They're a great bird for a young dog because um, they'll kind of let a dog crowd them and, and get up on them. But then they, 
they won't always just sit there for them. But um, it was been mm-hmm. it's, it was. I think overall we've had a good year. Um, obviously, there's always things that you you look back on and think, man, I wish I would have done this differently or would have done that differently. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, give give everybody in the kennel a grade. Uh, a being the best, F being failure. Um, what you kind of thought on? Oh, how about it? you do my dogs and I'll do your dogs um, that way, and then we'll do we'll do our dogs that we own together. We'll do those. You give them a grade, and I'll give them a grade. We'll see see where we think and see how uh, how we align on that. Uh, okay, so Anne. Uh, definitely an A plus for her. I think she has been probably one of the top dogs in the kennel. She's handled some some hard situations, especially running with younger dogs. Uh, I think she's handled her being on point and watching them kind of kind of pressure those birds. I think she's starting to handle that a whole lot better too. Um, so definitely give her her an A plus. Teddy, um, really, I haven't hunted much with Teddy other than in Kansas. I know we hunted maybe two or three times here, but not a whole whole lot with him. But what I've seen with him, I'd give him I'd give him an A. I don't think there's anything that he's done majorly wrong. I, I haven't seen him bump any birds. I don't know if he has this season. Uh, I'm gonna give Timber a C. She's kind of started to make that turn a little bit, where she's starting to turn into a bird dog. I think I think she's gonna need some more uh, contacts. From what I've heard you talk about, she's starting to use her nose a little bit more. And kind of get more engaged in the birds. I think this spring will really define what she's going to do, depending on how we how we work her and how we handle her. Ruby, I'd give Ruby a B minus. I think she hunts when she she wants to hunt, and then when she doesn't want to hunt, she just kind of runs around, which sounds obvious, but y- you can kind of tell when she's interested in going out and hunting and not. But when she gets on point, she looks good. I think again with her is is a matter of of bird contacts and getting her own birds um, to really see what she'll do. But with her, it just kind of depends on what you want to do, uh, whether you want to. You want to hunt her, or you want to trial her of some sort. That's kind of on 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 you. But I think she has potential. She just needs a whole lot more contacts. And of course, Pete. We haven't really worked Pete any, but from what you've said with him, I'd give him an A minus, just because I feel like he doesn't like me sometimes. <laughs> I would agree with pretty much all of those um, drawback that I would have with Anne was that she did you know once or twice when it, she would go on point, the young dog would come in. Instead of standing there broke, which is, I mean, it's a lot of pressure. It's something that I hadn't even thought about yeah. working with her on um, almost like the other, the young dog is, is a, is a flushing dog type aspect. Um, you know, yeah. there's once or twice where she was on point and that happened and she kind of broke and then the birds got bumped. So uh, luckily every time we were there, we were right there so we could have an opportunity. But um, that's something I worked on. I worked on that with her last week, actually. Uh, I took her out and I put timber on the ground and had another gentleman help me. Um, and she stood perfect, broke right through it, didn't move a muscle, did the same thing with Teddy because he had the same type of thing happen. You know, one time with Ash there in Kansas, you know, he got a little, mm-hmm. you could tell he got a little mad that she got that close to, you know, yeah. his birds, so to speak. Overall, I think, you know, he got, I would give him about the same grade. Ruby, I would agree. It seemed like the first 10 minutes of the walk, she's like, all right, we're having fun. We're running around. And then she'll hunt really good for a little while. And then she kind of gets a little tired. And then she's like, all right, well, let's let's go back to the truck. Timber, um, I'll be right there with you. She has really started to grow up uh, in the last, pretty much since Kansas. 
Um, she did. She didn't do great in in Michigan. She was still kind of like hanging around your feet, like wanting to play with you. Not just the light bulb had just not gone off yet. She ended up that one afternoon pointing to not pointed, but she she bumped a covey when I and uh, you, it was me, you and Jason, and you guys had ash ash and rip on the ground. And mm. I kind of just wanted to get away because Timber wasn't really hunting. And then all of a sudden we bumped it. She finally got stopped playing and started getting out in front of me a little bit. And she bumped close enough that I shot one out of it and four. And after that, I mean, she walked over and picked it up and retrieved it. And I mean, she won't retrieve anything. I could throw a ball for her all day and she's just going to look at it. Like what you want me to do with it. So that was cool to see. I hope that continues. Um, and she started to point um, a little bit more and like whole birds. So we'll see um, how she does there. Um, she definitely started to run around using her nose more. She started to realize why we're out there in the woods. It's no longer, hey, I'm not going to leave your side. It's She's at least 40, 50 yards out in front of me uh, hunting the whole time, so that's good. Onyx, I couldn't even give him a grade because I I mean, I had literally didn't hunt with him. The first day I was going to get to hunt with him, he ripped his, <laughs> ripped his chest wide open. And I think I hunted with him once. I think I hunted with him the last time that we hunted together. You hunted him first when we got overrun by deer dogs even though deer season isn't in he, he handled good he he's starting to settle in i think from the little bit that i've seen you know he's starting to listen more starting to get maturity about what he's what he's there for um and then ash i mean i'd give her an a a plus i don't know i mean to be a first year dog wasn't even a year old for most of our hunting trips she performed great i mean she slammed I don't know how many coveys, but she's found a, a good number of coveys of birds. Mm-hmm. Uh, she retrieves well. You know, I haven't got to hunt with her a lot in the last part of the season um, just because of our schedules getting kind of intermixed. But, you know, I think once she starts backing, um, she, mm-hmm. she did a couple of times the other, the last time you went, once she starts doing that, she'll be, she'll be right there. I mean, we'll steady her up this spring and, and fall and, and get to going there. But um, I think overall, you know, Pete, He's been phenomenal little dog to, to follow around on a horse. It's pretty cool to watch, something I've never done. I mean, he he means business when you turn him loose, that's for sure. Um, and then the newest newest kind of challenge that we've got in the kennel um, is we've got a, I guess you'd call him a, a retired field trial dog. Um, Buck, he's an English setter, merit bred setter. He's five, I believe. Just kind of had some issues with his, I don't, I don't know the whole story, but... Uh, just not going to make it in the field trial world anymore. Um, so, he's a, but he's never been handled off a foot. Um, so he is a big, ranging, big dog. Um, points, points and holds his birds. Good looking dog on point. The fun part with him is just going to be getting him kind of, kind of reeled in. Um, as you know, uh, you hunted with me. I don't mind a dog that's going to run two, three hundred yards out in front of me. Even if I'm walking, as long as you're going to point and hold that bird until I get there. If the birds get up on their own, then the birds get up on their own. I don't care. But as long as you handle that situation, then then that's fine with me. But five or 600 yards is a little bit too far for me for uh, for a walking dog. Um, you know, yeah. Especially most of the time in the cover that we hunt. You know, If we were in Kansas, then let it be. Um, but... Here in North Carolina, or like the Northwoods, like it's this is not going to work that way. Um, which I think he'll adapt to the cover. Um, 
So it'll just be a, a fun little thing to see how we can get do with him. He's a great, lovable dog, and I hope it all works out for him because I think he's he's bred as good as you can get. He just he's just not going to make it in the field trial world anymore. So it'll be fun to see. But, uh, yeah, I haven't really seen Buck run yet, so I don't know. I don't know if I will be able to see him run because we don't have enough land to even run him. <laughs> yeah, I think that you know I'll have to run him. I'll have to start running him across the road at your house over there. Um, that'll be a good spot for me because he he can only go one direction and that's where I can keep him. Which he he's, he recalls well, um, but he just likes to stretch his legs. He's one of those dogs, as Calvin says, he's, you know, a field trial dog covers. Uh, in about five to eight seconds, they cover 100 yards every five to eight seconds. So in 30 seconds, they're covering 500 yards. And, I mean, that's as, that's as wide open as you can get in. That's shooting dogs, you know. These are not – that's not even all these dogs. So it'll be fun. Um, be interesting um, getting him going and then and then watching Pete um, as we go. Hopefully end up being able to run him in some puppy and maybe some derby stuff in the fall. Um, hopefully he'll go to North Dakota in the summer program with Calvin, which would be great for him. And yeah, I mean, in 2023, um, we're working on some trips. We'll talk about that later on, probably another episode, but yeah, we've had a, had a good 2022, 2023 season. Um, I think that, uh, we've, we've learned a lot. We've, all the dogs have done well. And then I think, uh, you know, we probably won't test anymore in the spring because our dogs have been hunted so much and, are more in the, the hunting shape, I guess you could say. Hunt tests are a little bit more difficult, I feel like, for, for us because we do hunt so much and we do let our dogs range. You know, I think I did test Teddy in November in senior. We failed, failed both times, but it was a it was a good learning experience because I think he handled it really well for me not being trained him to the ability that he should have been trained to. Um, he handled it well. We made it the whole 30 minutes both days um well basically the 30 minutes both days um you know he got watched other dogs get picked up and it was just it was a good experience um i think it'll probably be something i do in the fall whether i do senior master or whatever um i think we'll do the same thing with ash and onyx in the fall as far as games playing it's for me at least it's going to be in the in the field trial world with Pete. Uh, I'm going to really try to focus on that with him. And then everybody else is going to be a hunting dog. And I may, I don't know, we'll see how Ann, uh, I'm going to try to take her down and work her this week, see what she does off of a horse. Mm-hmm. Um, because if she if she will run off of a horse, we might have something there. Because, I mean, she is she looks as good as any dog you'll ever see when she's on point. Uh, high head, high tail, um, out of a national champion dog. So uh, we'll see. She is a little bit older, though, so she would have to run in all the shooting dog stakes, which is fine because she's broke, but maybe maybe something else that we'd dabble in. But for me, my 2023 big thing would be polishing up some of our dogs, getting some of the young dogs a little bit more exposure, and then uh, yeah, I'm going to really try to focus on, on the field trialing um, aspect and, and just kind of learning that game before that, you know, before the time comes to where I feel comfortable to run any of our dogs or my dogs or however it is um, in an actual trial, I'm going to have to spend a lot of time around that and, and learn that game. But what about you for 2023? What are your, you know, your goals for not just your dogs, but just overall? 
definitely get Onyx and Ash as close to finish as possible. You know, I've, I've started working Onyx, both of them, on their force fetching. Uh, but they've got a little bit more refinement uh, before we're really, really ready to call them finished. I want to keep, uh, keep growing the kennel as well. I need to go ahead and get that other side built, get that all ready to roll. And I might start diving a little bit into the field trials, uh, as in coming and watching, just kind of kind of learn about it, see if it's something I would even be interested in, in doing. Um, I would just have to see it in person first, and then I'd have to really learn how to ride a horse. That's kind of kind of my big focus right now uh, is just getting the the kennel where it needs to be and going from there. That way we we can keep growing as a as a as a team. So riding the horse is the easy part. Just get on, hold on. Throws you off. Get back on. I just need to. I just need to ride more, and then I'll be more comfortable with it. Oh yeah, I'm still every time I get on, I'm terrified that I'm gonna die. Well, <laughs> 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 uh, you know, uh, you know, in that field trialing, I've been I've been lucky enough. Uh, I know Jordan hasn't had a chance to meet him yet, but uh, I've been lucky enough to work with a gentleman area that we hunt a lot. Um, he's a great guy. He's a uh, former military guy. He's um, used to always do bite dogs and, and things of that in the, in the military, and now he uh, trains bird dogs for a living. He goes to North Dakota in the summer, um, does all shooting dog um, class stuff with his dogs. Um, was very had a outstanding year in 2021, 2022. Um, won the uh, Southern Bird Bird Handlers Horseback Handler of the Year. Uh, had a top shooting dog, had the top, had the runner-up shooting dog, so top derby dog, and the top puppy. Um, so had a, he's been a great guy to learn. His name's Calvin. Um, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me a lot of different things with the trialing and and helping me get Pete to where he can be ready to go. Um, so it's been fun. Uh, yeah, 2023 looks like a lot of a lot of new exciting things. Um, it's crazy to see that, you know, three years ago, uh, we we had one dog. We had never been hunting, well, bird hunting before, upland hunting, I guess you could say. Um, and now it's all we do. It's all I do, all I want to do. Um, but, yeah, it's been, been fun. Um, I look forward to, you know, we're going to try to keep you guys uh more tuned to keep more more episodes going probably once every two to three weeks um gonna try and do twice a month really is our goal um you know we're not gonna be a once a week uh, just yet kind of stay with our but we'll give you a kind of update and we'll we'll go over we'll try to get some guests on here again and, and go from there if you guys got anything you'd like to hear us talk about or anything let us know um but yeah.